But uh, it's great to be together t- this morning and share the word this morning. You know, I was just thinking, um, uh, you know, how we uh, view gather, gathering together is such an important thing. You know, um, I, I, I kind of little, sometimes we, we see, you know, we see gathering as optional. It's kind of, you know, well, you know, it's something I can fit in this week. But you know, what we should do is see it as an opportunity. An opportunity to be together with God's people. An opportunity to, to share our faith. An opportunity to worship the Lord. An opportunity to use the gifts that God has given us to speak words into one another's lives. To encourage one another. To lift people up. It's that opportunity of being together as God's people. It's good, isn't it? You know, so uh, turn to the person next to you and smile. Go on. Just uh, encourage them. Do you know what I mean? Okay, some people get very scared right now, but, um, you know, just, it's good to be together as God's people, and, um, you know, it, it, there would be, there'd be literally, there'd be literally tens of thousands of our brothers and sisters who would love to do this this morning, who, who can't do it, uh, who don't have the opportunity to do it, so uh, it's a great opportunity for us to be together and worship the Lord together and share together and uh, just um, minister the word. We're in Psalm 23, we've been there the last few weeks, and uh, we're in verse 5 today, which says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. How's your cup this morning? Isn't that an amazing verse? Your cup overflows. What an amazing picture this is. I, I love this verse. You know, we, we, we could read the whole psalm. Let me, let me read it. It's quite good. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. It's a bit of an insight. You know, I just love this. I, I, I love the fact that David, you know, can just has enough of an understanding of God to, to put this together. How many of you know it, it, it's hard to encapsulate truth? In just a few words that actually are life-changing. And you know, and this morning I just want to encourage you today. I want to, I want to just bring us around the presence of God today. I, but this amazing verse, he prepares a table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. See, David had such a revelation into the heart and character of God. You know, sometimes our problem is, is we don't really understand who God is. We haven't, we haven't really listened to it. You know, we, we kind of think we have an image of God. But David understood it, and so he was able to say, hey, in the midst of everything that's kicking off around me, in the midst of everything that seeks to be overthrowing me, hey, I know in the midst of all that, you're welcoming me to come and feast with you, to come and uh, eat with you, to come and uh, uh, enter into intimacy and enjoy with you. What an amazing thing. You see, there's always something more of God to know and something more to experience of his love for our lives. About the conditions of our lives and how he wants to say something to us. First thing I get from this is that this, my main point this morning, backed up by all the other points. God is working for you when everyone else is working against you. Friends, that's the truth. 
God is working for you when everything else is working against you. You know, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what the circumstances, the situations, the conditions that seem to come together in a perfect storm to roll over your life and to rob you of peace and all of that, I want you to see this morning, in the midst of all that, God is working for you. Hallelujah. It's good news, church. Don't have to be quite so stern this morning. It's good news. God is working for his people. God is looking out for you. And David knows this. David says, you know what? In the midst of all of this, I can come and enjoy a meal with you, God. How amazing. What a great privilege we have as people of God. Sometimes, you know, we just got to take advantage of the opportunity we have to come and sit with him. And we see this heart of God in the scriptures. Remember the great story when um, Jesus is going uh, towards Jerusalem, towards the cross, and uh, uh, Peter is confessing that he'll do anything for him and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus looks at him and says, Simon, Simon Peter, he says, Satan has asked to sift you. We don't want to hear those words, do we? We all go through life, but we wouldn't want Satan in heaven talking to the Lord about us. He says, Satan has asked to test you, Peter, but I have prayed for you. And then he says these amazing words for him. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He says to him, I've prayed for you, Peter. So you know what? It's going to be okay. Oh, amen. How many of you know if God's praying for you, you're in good hands? How many of you know if God is working for you, you're in good hands? You know, sometimes we live as if God is not praying for us, but the Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and me. Hello? So we need to understand what's going on in our hearts and in our lives and our context. We need to say, you know what, Lord, thank you that you're praying for me. He says, you know what, Peter, you don't even know what's going on right here. See, some of this is a word for somebody here. You don't even know what's going on around your life. All of a sudden you're going, well, it's all going to chaos. Peter's watching the Lord head towards a destiny he doesn't want. His plans are going awry. He has no idea that the enemy of his soul has asked permission to test him. Wow. But the Lord knows. And the Lord says, I'm praying for you. See, I tell you now, friends, in the middle of your tests, when you think you're all alone, the Lord has already seen it and he's already prayed. He's already started to work for the benefit of his people. Remember Moses in the wilderness at this burning bush that's flaming. And after 40 years in the wilderness, Moses finds himself with this thing he'd never seen before. This bush burning but not being consumed. And as he goes over to it, uh, this voice speaks from the bush and says, Take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. Wow. And as he stands on holy ground, he hears the word of the Lord. I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard their cries. And so I've come down to help them. And in that moment, Moses just sees this, this uh, uh, purpose of God. But actually, he doesn't see that uh, f- over 40 years earlier, when he was a baby in a river in Egypt, God had already planned something for the deliverance of Egypt. Come on, that's not bad, is it? <coughs> Why? Because God plans and works for the good of his people, even when everybody else is working against them. I want you to know that the Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because God has a hand upon your life. Does that mean you won't have any trouble? No, friends, it doesn't. It means that God's power to bless is greater than any other power to curse. 
And we need to get hold of that. I was reading that story this week, you know, the story of Balaam. Uh, Balak, one of the enemies of Israel, uh, because he sees the hand of God upon the people of God. And he sees that they're progressing. And he sees that they're going to soon overthrow his empire. And so he pays this prophet, Balaam. And he says to him, I want you to come with me. And I want you to come. We're going to stand over where the Israelites are coming. And I want you to pronounce a curse from God upon them. And so Balaam is a bit of short of cash. So he thinks, well, this is a good plan. And he's led over by the priest, uh, by the king. And the king says, there they are, prophesy, curse them. And on the way, Balaam had a little revelation from God that says, you must not speak anything bad against God's people. And Balaam goes, I can't curse whom God has blessed. You know, sometimes we worry so much about the curse of the evil one. I want you to know, friends, God has blessed you. Oh, hallelujah, what a terrific victory that is. I'm going to sing all day long with delight. Come on, friends, he's done something good for us. And, and Balaam, again and again, he's offered money. Will you pray? And in the end, he says, I will not curse who God has blessed. I want you to know, friends, when people curse you, God blesses you. Blessed are you when people despise you. When people oppose you. God strengthens you. When people fight against you, God fights for you. And this is an amazing moment when David realizes, hey, it doesn't matter who's coming against me. It doesn't matter what, what profound enemy is coming against me. You prepare a table for me. And it's almost like, for me, it's like a scene from uh, Lord of the Rings. All right, calm down. And uh, you can just see, you know, this table laid, and there you are, and the orcs are just out of sight, but there's this light that shines upon you, and the Lord, just by the sheer presence of his character, is just keeping evil at bay. I want you to know, friends, that's God. Friends, if you will stein with the Lord, then evil will be kept at bay in your life. Oh, what a tremendous point, Dave. You are bringing revelation that changes hearts today. Honestly, so many of us live as if we're at the whim of the evil one, friends. Listen, you will never know the occasion. We'll get to heaven one day and you'll see some of these great films from heaven that feature your life. And all of a sudden you realize you were dining with the Savior while the enemy was just yards away and he couldn't move against you in any shape or form. Why? Because the power of God was upon you. (laughs) Friends, we either believe this stuff and it changes everything or we don't believe it and we might as well go home now. That's, that's, that's the truth, isn't it? I'm not just trying to stir you up, friends. I'm trying to wake us up to the truth of who God is in our lives. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my foes. Friends, that means that I can live with a different mentality because even when people choose to curse me, I'm still blessed. And friends, it's almost, it almost is, is, is kind of even more. When people oppose me, the love and grace of God gets poured into my life more. Hello? When people speak bad about me and misuse my name and say, you know what, he's useless. Do you know what, in heaven, God's going, you know what, he honors me, that lad, I'm going to bless him. I want you to see your life this morning. I want you to see your life this morning as you live for God. Friends, so often we do this thing where we have this little compartmentalized Christian part of our life. Everything you do is surrounded by the blessing of God, friends. 
Everything you are, he prepares a table for you. And in the midst of your world and in the midst of everything that's crushing in upon you, the Father invites you to sit with him and to enjoy a feast with him. And so often we have to come through all the, the stuff of life to just try and find that, that focus for our faith and for what God wants to say to us. This picture of the table is vital for us. It's firstly a place of security for our lives. In the presence of my enemies. You know, sometimes we worry about the enemy when the enemy's worrying about the Lord. Hello. We worry about the enemy and his power to tempt us and to overcome us. And the enemy's shaking in the corner because the Lord won't even let him approach. Why? Because the power of the Lord, is, this is not an equal competition, friends. The enemy cannot stand in the presence of the Lord. Satan has to ask permission to do anything in the presence of the Lord. He can't just say, this is what I'm doing. He has to say, please. We need to understand that the, the, the power of God, friends. And so it's a place of security. The table represents a place of security for the people of God that we can gather into his presence. And he provides for those who fear him. That he stands close by to us, the champion of our faith. And as the enemies of our faith would approach, as the enemies of our lives would approach, as we would seem to be overwhelmed, the champion of our faith just, just looks. Friends, he doesn't even have to act. He just has to look. Come on, if Jesus with the word of his breath can hold and sustain this world, what can he do with just a look? I'll tell you, some of you are worried about the power of hell and, and sin and degradation ruining control in your life. I'll tell you, friends, come close to the shepherd today, feast at his table, because no weapon formed can stand against the Lord. No addiction is too powerful. No obsession cannot be broken. Friends, he's powerful to save. It's a place of security in his presence. Psalm said this, when I went hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. A spacious place. Some of us need a spacious place this morning. We need to come into a place that's in our spirit and we're in space. I'll tell you what, there is, there is a battle for the souls of men. I don't know about you, but I'm, oh, I tell you, there's so much going on in my spirit just now in these days. And God is, you know what? God is going to change things in the next 10 years. I'm telling you now, things are going to change within the church in this nation, and it's, God's going to break out. Friends, you know why? Because we have to change. Not because it's a prophetic word, friend. It's just common sense. The church has to change to win our nation to Christ. And therefore, God is at work, friends, and he is looking for people who will take hold of his kingdom and say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So we have to then start to foster in our hearts, how will I engage with the kingdom of God? How will I take hold of the purposes of God? How am I going to position myself in the shelter and in the security of his presence? Am I going to come into the spacious place? You know, what you find is when you do your own thing, you find that it gets tighter and tighter. <laughs> it gets tighter and tighter. And God's calling us into a spacious place with him, a place of security and the weapon forged against you will prevail and you'll refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me. Wow, that's not bad, is it? 
Friends, at just this moment in time, some, some weapons of the enemy are poised in your life. Some weapons of, of this world are poised at your life. And we need to come and, and, and say, you know what, Lord, uh, so often we want those enemies to disappear. But actually the enemies need to be overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony. There needs to come faith rising up in the people of God. Security is an essential for us to live for the Lord in the midst of the challenges of life. We have to feel secure. You know, that's one of Maslow's hierarchies of needs. It's a basic one. Security and food and water. But friends, you know, the truth is we need security in God if we're going to live as the people of God. And we find security in his presence. You prepare a table for me. Friends, you know, I want you to do something. Next time you feel you're surrounded by circumstances and opposition and difficulty and the enemies of this world are pressing in on you and things of life are trying to overwhelm you, I want you to start to look for where the table is. I want you to look around. I want you to say, where can I go and feast with the Lord today? Maybe it's with a group of friends. Maybe it's in the church. Maybe it's just that you need to get alone with God and sit there with his word and feast with him because man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God because actually God has the ability to speak into your life and transform the situation you're in. Why? Because you're sitting at a table with him. We see our first instinct when we're surrounded by enemies is to do everything we can to get ourselves out of it ourselves. Hello? To try and resolve the problems ourselves. To try to work it out. And it's only when we come to the end of ourselves do we then say, please Lord, you have your way. Friends, how much easier would it be if when the shadow of death comes over our lives, when the enemy speaks to speak, what we do is we look for the table and we say, that's where I'm going. And out of the place of peace and security with God, life starts to take a different shape. The table is a place of security. Second, it's a place of provision. It says, you prepare a table for me. I don't know about you, but don't you love it when somebody else makes the meal? I mean, in my house that happens quite a lot. I've got to be honest. Julia is just shocked when I cook. That's the difference. Shocked by the occasion and shocked by the food. She was away once and I, I made potatoes for the boys and every time anybody comes over now, they just says, dad makes raw potatoes. But we want provision. It's a place of provision. A table represents the provision of God. I want you to know, friends, God has something for you that is just for you. He knows who you are. He knows how to touch your life. He knows how to meet with you. He knows how to pour life into you. And eating with someone speaks of intimacy and provision. It speaks of them planning and gathering and and preparing something for you. You know, it's nice when you have a friend, you can just pop in and you can throw something in the pan and everybody cooks and eats. Why? Because out of their provision, they welcome you. It doesn't have to be this big formal occasion, you know. Oh, they're coming to dinner. I've got to buy the best wine I can get. To be honest, any wine suits me. It doesn't have to be the best. I've got to make such an effort. Friends, that's a nice picture and it's lovely. But the truth is there's something wonderful about just turning up somewhere and your friend saying, oh, come and have dinner with us. We used to sing the old hymn, come and dine the master calleth. Anybody remember that one? Oh, just a few of us. Do you know what I mean? I am getting old. But all of a sudden, the provision of the Lord comes. We see this this theme of eating with the Lord is found so often in the scripture. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. 
We see it with Jesus in the book of Revelation speaking to one of the churches. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone would open the door, I will come in and eat with him. What an amazing picture. The Lord says, I want to provide for you. I want you to enjoy a, a, a table with me. Speaks of all that God has provided for us to give us strength and vitality. Here's the verse of the week, friends. You ready? Job 36, verse 16. NIV. He is wooing you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction to the comfort of your table laden with choice food. Come on, that's a verse and a half, isn't it? He is wooing you from the jaws of distress to bring you into a place free from restriction to, a, to the comfort of a table laden with choice food. Friends, that's what the table is that God has. From the jaws of distress into a space where there's no restriction. I don't know about you, but we need that, don't we? I hate being restricted, don't you? I mean, I'm a big, I hate being like, I want to break out. <clears throat> Some of us who walk through life as if restriction is the only thing we know. Friends, Jesus died to bring you into freedom. To give you space to breathe and to enjoy who he is and what he has for you. And maybe today he's wooing somebody here. See, that's the amazing thing about God. See, if I was God, I'd wait for you to come crawling on your belly. Come on, am I the only one? At least be sorry. Just me, huh? But God, he woos us from the jaws of distress. He looks at us and he says, you know what? I don't want you to be in that place. I don't want you to be surrounded by enemies. I don't want you to be overcome by the stuff of life that has sought to break you and destroy what I believed and planned for your life. And so he woos you. He sings into your spirit. He gives you just a sniff of freedom and he says, this is what I have for you. I want to bring you into a place free from restriction where you can come to the table and just eat everything that I have for you. That's what the table's about. It's a place of the provision of God. Thirdly, it's a place of restoration. You anoint my head with oil. It's an amazing picture. You know, this picture is so rich in the scriptures. You know, in ancient times when you would go to, to a house, a wealthy house, a slave would come and they would anoint you with oil to clean you and to refresh you. There's just symbolism of, of, of being able to be refreshed as you entered into the, the host's uh, generosity and, and blessing. We see it um, used um, as a symbol of God's presence in the scriptures that uh, people would be anointed with oil and and, uh, that sense of God would come upon them and quicken them to do the work of the kingdom of God. We see oil being used as as an act of worship um, when when, uh, Mary comes and she breaks the oil over his feet and washes it with her hair. It's this amazingly intimate moment. For a shepherd, oil was used to heal the sheep. And to protect them from the bites of insects and, and maggots that would get in among the wool and destroy it. And so the shepherd would take the oil and he would literally anoint them with oil. So that they would be healed. 
And here we have this amazing picture of restoration that the shepherd comes and his anointing comes upon us to heal us and to bring the blessing of God into our lives. When Jesus stood in the synagogue and he read out uh, uh, all these things, he said that God wanted to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning. Come on. (laughs) Some of us need a bit of that today, don't we? The oil of joy instead of mourning poured into our lives. When disciples went out to pray, it says they drove out many demons and anointed sick people with oil and healed them. This amazing sense of the anointing of God that the uh, anointing with oil brings that we can just pour it out and see the presence of God come upon people's lives. And this is what the shepherd invites them to. He says, come on, come into my table and, I'm, and as you're sitting there, I'm going to come and anoint you with oil as a symbol of my presence that comes upon your life and is poured out through me into you. Book of James says, "Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well." The table is a place of restoration, isn't it? A place of coming and receiving all that He has for us. And finally, it's a place of abundance. It says, "My cup overflows." <laughs> Can I say to church? When was the last time your cup overflowed? When was the last time that you were just overwhelmed? That you just sat in the presence of the Lord? That you sat at his table until your cup overflowed? I don't know how you want to interpret that. I don't mean that you got weird. Because some of you were weird before the cup started and doing anything. I don't mean that you had a funny little experience. I mean that something deep down inside started to just grow within you. And you became just aware of the presence and the love of God. And you sat in a place and were overwhelmed by the goodness of God. You see, friends, sometimes I just think we get so familiar with with him. We get so familiar with him. And yet, honestly, we're not very good at feasting at his table. Hello. And we read the little verse and his cup overflows and we think, well, that's not my experience, but, you know, I guess it's true in God. I can't really say that it's not going to overflow. And all the time the Lord's saying, well, there's this great big table here. And if only you would come and just sit at the table with me for a while, you know what? Something might start to overflow in your life. Is it just me, my friend, or are many of us dry? If it's just me, my friend, or if we looked in your cup, it would just be a little bit at the bottom. Oh, it's getting a bit personal this morning, isn't it? See, David understood that the shepherd had laid a table for him and that if he could just break into the routine of his life, if he could just make the sacrifice to come and sit with him, then all of a sudden the opportunity of the presence of God began to flow into his life. And the provision of God and the abundance of God began to flow. And all of a sudden his cup started to overflow. And instead of feeling worn out and weary and overwhelmed and tired and depressed and lacking faith and miserable and grumpy. Is that just me? All of a sudden he started to feel, actually, you know what? My cup overflows. You know, the last verse is just my favorite verse in the Bible. Honestly, it is. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know about you, but I can live on that, can you? 
And the cup starts to overflow. Why? Because the presence of the Lord is close. And friends, I don't really care how you sit in the presence of God. I don't care what you have to do to get there. You can sit still. You can dance. It doesn't matter to me, friends. I'm, I'm honestly not bothered. All that bothers me is that you'll sit at the table long enough to allow the cup to be filled. All, all that bothers me really is that you'd give the Lord a chance to, to overflow. You see, one of my favorite verses, you know, there's a few of them, isn't there? Talked about David. You see, David understood this principle because later in his life, as he was king, he took Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth. Saul, who had fought against him becoming king. Saul, who had opposed him. But David had a heart just like the Lord's. And when, so when he was made king, he brought the remaining survivor of Saul's family from Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. He brought... Should we call him Fib? <laughs> he brought Fib right into, the, right into the palace, friends. And listen, here's an amazing verse. It says, Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Wow. Come on, that's good, isn't it? He, he wasn't a king's son, friends. He was the grandson of the king who had sought to overthrow and kill David. That's who he was. But David said, hey, this is the kingdom of God. I don't deserve to be here, so why should I be the only one? And he went and brought this guy who was crippled in both legs and couldn't look after himself. And he brought him into the king's palace and sat him at the table and said, whatever you want, it's yours. Oh, that's a nice touch, isn't it? Why is it? Friends, do you think his cup might have overflowed? It's an amazing story in the book of Esther, speaking of the king of, uh, uh, of uh, the Persians. And uh, he says like this, speaking, he threw a banquet. And here's the banquet the king of Persia threw. Wine was served in goblets of gold. Each one was different from the other. And the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. What an amazing word. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions. There's that word again, restrictions. Friends, there's no restrictions in the kingdom of God. See, grace takes away restriction. Law gives restriction. Grace takes it away, friends. Because grace brings a change of heart that actually starts to cling to who God is. And it says this, For the king instructed all the stewards to serve each man what he wished. Wow. That's abundance, isn't it? They could only have one pork bat last night at the bonfire. wrong wasn't it it's wrong (laughs) can you imagine if we'd said have as many pork baps as you wish those teen challenge boys would have been in wouldn't they do you know what I mean come on and then my boys would have been right behind them do you know what I mean friends this is what happened here they could have whatever they wished you know why because the king had a liberal heart that wanted to bless them in every way And that they could have their fill with no restrictions. Why? Because he wanted their cups to overflow. I want to say to you, friends, the Lord wants your cup to overflow. That's not just a nice little poetic thing in the scripture. It's not just a nice little ditty. It's not just a nice little idea that we just try and give false hope to the world. Actually, it's a truth from God. My cup overflows. When you sit at the presence of the Lord long enough, friends, your cup starts to overflow. You know what? I'd love to get a big bucket of water and throw it over you sometimes. <laughs> I would. I'm preaching good stuff here today. No, you don't have to clap me, friends. You know what? 
I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to stir up a bit of faith in us. I'm just trying to get us to really think about what we're doing. Because you see, so often we come to church and we do the church thing and it's nice and we're all committed and all of that. But friends, the world needs to be saved. People need to find faith. And if the church is not overflowing, friends, nobody's coming. If you're not overflowing in your life, if you're not excited about what Jesus has done, if you're not seeking to sit at the table with the Lord, if you can't look at the people beside you whose lives are broken with all kinds of stuff and say to them, hey, you know what? I'll take you to a table. I'll bring you to a table where the life of God flows and things change. Friends, if we haven't got enough to give to the world, we haven't got enough. God help us, church. We've got to somehow break into the mediocrity of our experience of God and say, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. Something has to change, friends. I'm thinking of decorating this building. I've had two painters in. It's going to cost us a fortune. I've got to put scaffolding up there. I think I'm just going to paintball it, I think. You know what the Lord said to me this week? I was in a meeting. I'm sick of meetings. And the Lord spoke into my heart and he said this. I don't want you to decorate. I want you to renovate. I want you to renovate the church. And I'm going, what do you mean, Lord? He said, painting isn't good enough, Dave. Things need to change. And I'm like, okay, God, that's a bit scary. Can I not just paint that lovely peach color again? <laughs> Friends, I tell you, he prepares a table for you. Your cup needs to overflow. Friends, he wants your cup to overflow. Friends, he doesn't want to make it difficult for you. But the truth is, see, all of us are going to go home. Most of us are going to go home and sit at a table. And we're going to have lunch. And we're going to enjoy it. And when the food comes, most of you are not going to go, oh, I don't think I'll have any of that, thanks. We're going to go, oh, yeah, lovely, I'll eat eat that. Why? Because we want our cup to overflow with life. We want to carry something of physical energy and power and vitality in our life. Friends, how many of us need to recognize we need to carry spiritual vitality and life in us? We need to carry the Spirit of God in us. And I'm just a funny old preacher on a Sunday morning. I get that. But honestly, friends, the Lord is speaking. He says, I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. It's a place of security for your life. Where no weapon formed against you can touch you because I am here. It's a place of provision for your life. Where every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. It's a place of restoration for your life. Where the things that the enemy has brought against you, the things that have destroyed you, I can turn back into good. As I anoint your head with oil. And then your cup can overflow. Because my presence is in you. Jesus said to his disciples, and he preached on the last and greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles. He stood up and he said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. He said, you know what? There's an abundance coming upon the church.
God is working for you today. When everything else is against you, God is working for you. Friends, people might look at you and think, you know what, they're of no consequence. But the King of Kings looks at you and says, I have a plan for your life. I've been working it out for years. And nothing that anybody can throw at you can dislodge you from my plan because no one can pluck you out of my hand. Friends, you can walk away from the master, but he'll never let go of you. And so he invites you to a table where he protects you and keeps the enemies of your life at bay with the word of his mouth. He invites you to the table where he can provide for you and satisfy your soul. He invites you to a table where he will heal you and bring you back to life. He invites you to the table where his generosity can overflow out of you into a world that needs Jesus. He has no rival. He says, I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. I anoint your head with oil. Your cup overflows. Holy Spirit, just come right now. Begin to pour out upon your people. Lord, just in the intimacy of this moment, Lord. Lord, just as we, your people, need you. Would you come? Would you pour out your grace? Would you minister your power? Would you bring your presence, Lord, that breaks chains, Lord, and sets people free? Would you cast away fear today? Lord, because of your presence, Lord. And where enemies are seeking to reign in, Lord, we just speak your word. Let your presence, Lord, just bring, Lord, security and peace, Lord. Lord, to your people. I wonder, could you stand with me just as we come to the close of our service? I want to pray just over people this morning. You know, uh, I'm an emotional guy. I, I get emotional about all kinds of things. I don't really mind that. It doesn't bother me. But I just sense that, you know, this morning is one of those mornings where God is just trying to speak deeply into our hearts. When um, the Peters were here a couple of years ago, they spoke about wells flowing and about how the Lord wanted us to unblock wells. And I just feel that uh, some of those wells are going to be unblocked today. And so prophetically, I, I just want to begin to call you really to come to the table. To come and receive life afresh. Listen, I can't do it. I'm, I've got no special powers. But the shepherd of the sheep is here. He says, come to the table. He anoints your head with oil. It's going to bring healing to your life. Some of you have got torment in your minds. 
He's got to anoint your head with oil and your mind is going to become clear again. Because he anoints our head with oil. Some of you have been wounded deeply. It's like the oil of joy is going to start to pour upon your life again. Because it's his presence. Some of your cup is empty. But I want you to look again, friends, because it's beginning to bubble in there. Something's going to start to pour forth in your life. That flows from the goodness and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about feeling, friend. It's about the promise of God's word. And so I want to play this again, this great song. I just believe there are people here today. You just need to bring your cups to the Lord. Just come and stand here and say, Lord, I just need you. I need anointing, Lord. I need to just feel the security of your presence. Listen, friends, I haven't got a physical table here. But just at the front of the hall this morning, here's a place just to connect with God.